Truth News Network. Masks haven't worked. Lockdowns haven't worked. Injections haven't worked. So what's the solution? Calling for more masks, more lockdowns, more injections? It's time to stop the insanity. It's time to see the truth for what it is. And that's what we do at TNN, the Truth News Network, with your guide through the maze, Dan Newman. So let me ask you this. What is the truth? What is the reality of life that we're living today in the United States of America? Boy, if I could answer that question with absolute certainty that I was right, I'd be a very rich man because if you knew all of that, you could guarantee people, you do this. Here are the exact results you're going to receive. Everybody wants to know, what the heck do I do? What should I do? How do I get on the other side of all of this stuff? Well, let me tell you what we must do. What we have to do to get through life. Look at today. Plan for today. Well, you know, I can't just do that. I'm getting old, Dan. I don't I don't want to be hung out to dry when I'm 65 or 70 years old and I don't have anything to show for my 65 or 70 years. I don't know how I'm going to live. Folks, there are plenty of things that are bad enough to consider as possibilities. You don't want to go there. You don't want to live there. If you do, you might as well not even be living because living is finding the best things that you can possibly find and putting yourselves and those you love in the scenarios where all those good things are going to be part of it. How do we get there? By our choices. What do we choose to do? What do we choose to allow into our lives? And what do we summarily reject? That's the only thing you need to work on. You need to find a way to pierce all of the confusion, the misinformation, and get right to the heart of the facts. And when we do that, when we're able to do that, when we get into that, it becomes pretty much a whole lot easier to make choices, to make sure we're making the right choices. That's what I want for my life, totally. I want to be able to make good decisions to be able to analyze every set of circumstances that go with a need to make a decision, a choice, so that I can categorically say, here's the truth, and here's what I need to do, and here's how I need to do it, and then just push through it. There's so much antithesis to that. I mean, everywhere we look is chaos and confusion and disinformation, misinformation, lies, cheating, stealing, covering up. Now, don't get fatalist about this. <laughs> don't get fatalistic like there's no there there. I can't do anything. I might as well just go away. I'm not talking about that. I'm finding a way to pierce Pierce the heart of all of this stuff that we're thrown into the chaos and confusion and find the facts. We can do it. We can do it together. Thank you for being here at TNN Live today. Yeah, just like every day, we wade into the middle of all of this stuff. And we try to help you and ask you to help us get to those truths that we all need. Anytime you want to join the show, feel free to do so. Toll free, 
1-866-37-TRUTH. That's 1-866-378-7884. So we're going to start out a little bit different in today's show. I'm going to tell you a bit of a story. A five-year-old riding in her mom's car. A Texas sheriff's deputy on routine patrol. A Florida father who thought he was foster parenting a minor. A Mississippi woman pistol-whipped as she just talked on her cell phone. Three people found burned to death in a car in Alabama. What do these have in common? Well, they all have one thing in common. They were each victimized since President Joe Biden took office. Victimized by whom? Immigrants who illegally crossed the southern border. The rising tide of high-profile, gruesome crimes far from the U.S.-Mexico border is creating a very powerful political issue as control of Congress is up for grabs this November while leaving a trail of carnage and drug overdoses, not just along the southern border, folks, all across America's heartland. Every state is a border state, and that's the truth. That's a quote from Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, who joined Texas in suing to challenge some of this president's immigration policies, they argue, have left the border open to trafficking and criminals. It's terrible for those border towns because a lot of schools have gone on lockdown because of the crime and illegal activity that comes across, but the drugs, the fentanyl, the human trafficking ends up in places like Kansas City or in Wichita or in Columbus, Ohio, all over the country, Attorney General Schmidt said. Missouri, this is just one state. Missouri has seen a marked increase in the last year in deadly fentanyl trafficking and deaths, including the tragic deaths of seven residents in St. Louis yesterday, folks, from drugs laced with fentanyl typically made in China and trafficked across the border by Mexican cartels. Fentanyl is more of a silent killer from the border, piling up bodies without any blaring headlines. But in recent, let me just tell you, 100,000, 100,000 fentanyl deaths reported in the United States last year. In recent weeks, a constant stream of breaking news reports has awakened us to the reality that the permissive border crossings and subsequent trafficking to the country's interior by the way, happening under Joe Biden, has had deadly consequences far away from the border. In Alabama's Chilton County, two illegal immigrants, ages 27 and 28, they've been charged in the murders of three adults found shot and burned in an SUV that was set afire during this past summer. A Florida father who thought he was taking in a 16-year-old migrant minor from Honduras was killed by that 16-year-old migrant minor from Honduras who turned out to be much older and involved in a bunch of crimes. That case stunned the political world. You haven't heard a lot about it, have you? Well, 
It's funny how all of the evil, the criminality, the wrongdoing, especially when it has to do with border security, mainstream media, the legacy folks, they want to be called the legacy media now, not mainstream. They don't tell us these stories because it makes the leadership in our nation look feckless. And it pretty much is. In Mississippi, an illegal immigrant from Mexico was arrested yesterday on charges he pistol-whipped a woman, shot her cell phone beside her head because she was vaping in Florida. A five-year-old girl riding in her mom's car was crushed to death when an illegal immigrant, again from Honduras, crashed into their car. The driver admitted he got in the car after drinking a six-pack of 32-ounce beers. That senseless killing even brought grizzled law enforcement officers to tears. A little five-year-old beautiful baby was crushed to death. The local sheriff lamented, noting if the driver had been kept in his home country last Saturday night, like he should have been, our five-year-old beautiful little girl would be alive today. Law enforcement has both experienced the wave of migrant crime and suffered loss from it. In Harris County, Texas, my hometown, that's Houston, an illegal immigrant from El Salvador has been charged with exiting his vehicle during a routine traffic stop and fatally shooting a sheriff's deputy in the face last month. The suspect in that crime has a long history in the United States of criminality despite illegally entering, officials said. The feds also confirmed that 14 illegals with known or suspected terrorist ties have been stopped at the border in year one of Biden's administration, raising the question of how many others have snuck in undetected. It took 19 to perpetrate this horrible 9-11 attack. Remember that? The worst terrorist attack in the history of the country. And they're just pouring across the border, just pouring up across. That's Representative Brian Babin of Texas. He warned Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris bear full responsibility. Quite frankly, people are dying on their watch, he said. It's a dereliction of duty to do what they are doing. They're violating the Constitution. If this is not an invasion... I don't know what an invasion is. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo yesterday said that the border is more than an immigration issue. It's a national security issue that is likely to result in a reckoning for Democrats in the next two elections, 22 this November and 2024. He added that America's porous border is also shaking allies' confidence in America's commitment to security. If you're not prepared to protect your own sovereignty, if you're not prepared to defend your own borders and make sure you know what's coming in and out of your country, then I think the world can see that you're not about to be on the global stage, Pompeo said during an interview. Some Republicans, like Senator Ted Cruz, believe if their party takes control of Congress next year, Biden could face impeachment for refusing to enforce border laws. I've said this here on TNN Live. It needs to happen. 
But folks, it doesn't need to happen next year. It doesn't need to be a political uh, process. What needs to happen is those in office right now, they need to look at what's going on and stop it. And they can do it. The saddest thing is that they can do it. They have the power, the authority from top to the bottom in the legal structure of this nation. And it starts at the United States Constitution. These people in the House of Representatives under Nancy Pelosi, they need to quit all of this partisan stuff. Americans are dying dying in the hundreds of thousands from the illegality that's flooding into our nation across our southern border. Human trafficking in particular is creating victims in multiple spheres from women and children trafficked into sex work to innocent victims driving the streets. Last March, 13 migrants were killed when the SUV driven by their smuggler crashed into a tractor trailer in California in one of the deadliest border crashes in American history. More recently, a 59-year-old mom and her 22-year-old daughter were killed in Texas just before Christmas when their car was T-boned by a speeding vehicle trying to smuggle illegals into the country. And the horrible Pictures of that accident grabbed international headlines. What we're seeing at the border is not just criminal, it's immoral. The fact that our United States government is putting its own citizens behind those of other nations and also doing that or encouraging human trafficking, it's a real travesty. So, while impeachment and elections loom on our horizon as just one or two possible solutions. Law enforcement officials are focused right now, today. It's 9.14 Central Time around the nation. They're focusing on it, on trying to stem the rise of crime in communities affected by illegal immigrants who have traveled far from the border, folks. It's not just Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and California. They're across the country in all 50 states, most of the time with the help of the Biden administration and their allies in the nonprofit world. Catholic Charities looks like it's becoming the number one non-political, non-government, they call them NGOs, non-governmental organization, that is facilitating the spread of these illegals in the middle of the night in most cases to towns and cities across the nation. Crime is going with them. Several Republicans in Congress are sponsoring pieces of legislation to stop the feds and those NGOs from assisting aliens seeking to move to the interior of the nation. Attorneys general in several states like Missouri's Schmidt are going to the courts to compel the Biden folks to enforce existing immigration law. Just l- listen to that. We have state attorneys general that are going to court to try to get the president of the United States and Merrick Garland, his appointed uh, attorney general, 
to enforce the laws. We have to go to court to get our president and his administration to enforce the federally passed immigration laws, most of which passed with Joe Biden voting for them in the Senate. That is the definition of insanity playing out. And while the violent, gruesome crimes are capturing headlines, con games and property crimes, they're bubbling under the surface, but they're right there, folks. And they are also a big concern. In New York City, a 40-year-old illegal immigrant was arrested last month on charges that she stole the identities of 100 people in the borough of Queens and filed for $1.9 million in fraudulent unemployment benefits. In the nation's capital, an illegal immigrant with a very long criminal record was charged last week with painting swastikas on Washington, D.C.'s iconic Union Station. It's not murder. But folks, it's illegal actions. Advocates of illegals point to studies like one recently by the National Academy of Science. It found that illegals on average commit fewer crimes in America than legal immigrants or national-born citizens. But that's little solace to victims who know their loved ones would be alive if an illegal hadn't been allowed to cross the border or had been deported back to his or her country by this president. By him not being deported, it's like you telling me that my daughter's life didn't mean anything. That's from Rhonda Exum, a mother whose 19-year-old daughter was killed in Texas by an illegal immigrant in a DUI accident. Exum said she regrets voting for Biden in 2020 after his Homeland Security Department refused to deport the man who was accused of killing her daughter. The stories like this are, I mean, they're almost numberless. They, and every day, they're just more and more and more and more. And every day, Joe Biden, Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, a bunch of other cabinet members under this president, they look, they see, they listen, they hear. Chuck Schumer in the Senate, Nancy Pelosi in the House, the people that have the sole authority to make sure that the laws that were passed constitutionally to keep us safe and to enforce them when they're not being followed by anybody and everybody, they're thumbing their nose at it. Just before going on the air, I was watching a news report, and a graphic came up on the screen. 30% hike nationwide in murders in 2021. 30%. By the way, that was on... Joe Biden's watch. And another graphic popped up. And this is the only one you're going to hear about on legacy media. 77% of all violent crimes were perpetrated by and or with a gun. 77%. OMG. That's just fuel on the fire for Biden folks and everybody else that hate guns, hate the Second Amendment. Look, we told you. It's guns. If we get rid of the guns, we'll get rid of the crime. Let me just challenge you. 
to think through. Think back through all of the statistics on crime, all of the statistics on gun shootings that you can ever remember. And I mean, we get reports every day about gun, 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 gun. Let me ask you something about Chicago, which leads the nation in gun crime, gun violence, gun crime. Every weekend, I mean, we see, and every Monday we give you the numbers of people that got shot in Chicago over the weekend, and this many of them died. Oh, by the way, it's not going to rain in Chicago today. That's how normalized that is. In any of the reports that you have heard throughout your lifetime, coming from gun crimes and gun violence and people getting shot, little babies sitting in strollers, riding with their parents in cars, the stories are egregious and they're everywhere. Did you ever hear a statistic coming out of any law enforcement agency in this nation, Chicago, L.A., even Doosan, Louisiana. Have you ever heard a statistic about people killed with guns that told you how many of those guns were bought legally and how many were illegally acquired? I've never heard a single report that breaks that out. You know why? You'll find out. And if you do a deep dive into some police reports, which are tough to get, but you can get them, you'll find out that almost every one of those gun crimes, the gun violence across the nation, the guns that are included in that, that are used for the killing and the shooting, were obtained illegally. Well, why wouldn't they tell us that, Dan? We need to know that. We're Americans. We need to know the truth about all of this. It's us that are paying the price. They know what you would say. They know what you would feel. You would feel like, why in the heck are you allowing these guns, illegal guns, to end up on the streets? Instead of going after people that are honest and law-abiding, the ones that go into Dick's Sporting Goods, well, you can't do it now because Dick's quit selling guns. But you go into academy, and you want to buy a handgun to protect yourself. You fill out a lengthy FBI investigation form with all of your personal details. You can't even close the purchase until they send that upstream to the FBI. They do a background investigation on you, and if and when you're application comes back and you're cleared, then you can buy a gun. None of that happened for all of these gun crimes, the deaths, the 77% in violent crime, the increase nationwide. Not one time did a criminal walk into Academy to buy a gun legally. They break into cars, they break into homes, they buy stolen guns on the black market. That's why law enforcement won't give us the statistics of the guns that are used in these horror stories. And it's not just guns, but folks, that's a great political talking point. Let me tell you why they stick on that right there and don't go anywhere else about crime. They don't want us to hold them accountable. They don't want to be accountable, so they're not being accountable, and they want to point fingers at something or somebody that can be the foil to blame 
for all of the gun violence and the gun crime. What is it? The guns. Oh, those evil guns. I watched one the other day. It crawled out of a gun safe, walked out in the street, and started shooting itself. Folks, guns don't kill people. People kill people. And you know what? You could take the legal guns away, and guess what's going to happen? Gun violence and gun crimes would go up immediately, dramatically. How would you know that, Dan? Well, just put it in the context of what we're seeing right now. There's one reason why gun crime has gone up dramatically, set new records in American history during Joe Biden's first year as president. The one reason is nobody's being held accountable for committing these gun crimes. We have these DAs that George Soros funded and put into office in these big cities all around the nation. The commonality between them all is they are anti-cop. They are soft on crime. Their policies and the number one thing that they've implemented, we're not going to hold these people accountable. No bail or low bail. People are getting committing violent crimes. They go, they get booked in. They sign a document that says, I'm going to return for court. They go back out on the street. Big cities like New York and Philadelphia and Baltimore and L.A., these same people that got out this morning are going and committing crimes similar to or even greater than the ones they were arrested for that morning. And they haven't stopped allowing that. What's our talking point that you hear us say here all the time? Nothing changes if nothing changes. You want to stop crime? Stop letting criminals get away with everything they do that's criminal activity. Hold them accountable for every law that they break. If that word floods across the nation that says, you got to be careful if you're a criminal because you don't get away with anything now. They're enforcing the laws now. Stop doing it. This administration's not going to do that. You and I both know it. I'll say this again and we'll move on. It is a tragedy for Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Democrats that are in office today It's a tragedy for them to not impeach Joe Biden, to not impeach Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, who has openly been marketing to Central America and other countries. If you're unhappy where you are, come to the United States. You don't have to worry about applying for legal immigration status, you get in the country, we're going to take care of you. These are the same people that swore oaths that they would protect and defend the United States Constitution when every day, every single day, all day long, 24 hours a day, Joe Biden, Alejandro Mayorkas, Merrick Garland, Christopher Ray, director of the FBI, They are fueling the fires of lawlessness. Criminals get away with everything 
unless, of course, they commit an act of violence against a Democrat, a politocrat, one of their buds, and then they're going to throw the book at them. You don't even have to do anything to have the book thrown at you other than exercise your First Amendment rights. January 6th, a year ago, 600 people arrested for legally, in almost every case, of the 600, less than 25 of them were actually charged with real illegal crimes that will stick. Many of those 600-plus are rotting away in a D.C. jail, some of them never even having a hearing yet, where they face formal charges. That sounds like something that happens in the Soviet Union. Well, maybe we're headed that way. Maybe this president, who is buds with Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping in China, two of the biggest despots in American and world history, Maybe he wants to run this country just like they run theirs. I don't know. But this is no longer government of, government by, and government for the people. It's government of, by, and for the politocrats who now, there's no question about it, folks, they control the nation. They control everything in it. They don't need the rule of law. They don't need consensus. They don't have any demands anymore to go get people in Congress to talk about issues, to debate issues, and vote on issues. Why? Because they have the majority in the House, the majority in the Senate, with Kamala Harris casting a tie-breaking vote, and of course Joe Biden in the White House. They don't care about you. They don't care about free and fair elections, they have power. And that means they have everything they need. As bad as this opening was, and the details and the statistics that I gave you, it gets even worse. (laughs) Dan, how could it possibly get worse than that? Folks, I've got a couple of things that on the other side of this break I'm going to tell you about. And if you've eaten breakfast, you may want to tune this out, come back and listen to this part of the show later. Because... When we share them, you may throw up, but they're important for you to know. Stay right here. I got, I got. I can't believe it. I've been playing four on four with a barbershop quartet. Pass the ball, pass the rock. We're open, just pass the ball. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more unbelievable Geico videos, give subscribe a click. Summer seems even brighter when you've been inside a while. It's time to drive again with Honda. KVB.com's 2020 Best Value Brand. You could get a great deal on the 2020 Passport or 2020 Pilot with financing as low as 0.9% APR on select models. Visit the Honda Summer Clearance event today. For well-qualified buyers, see dealer for financing details based on 2020 brand image from Kelly Blue Book. Visit KBB.com for more information. 
The stages may be bare, but the show goes on. With the iHeartRadio Broadway Saturday Matinee. Every week, we play an entire cast album and give you behind-the-scenes stories from the show's stars. This Saturday, Moulin Rouge. Welcome to the Moulin Rouge! This is Danny Burstein from Moulin Rouge the Musical, and you're listening to iHeartRadio Broadway. The iHeartRadio Broadway Saturday Matinee. Today at 2 at iHeartRadioBroadway.com. Driven by Mercedes-AMG Driving Performance. Here's to choice, to making your voice be heard, to getting exactly what you want, especially when you eat. At Subway restaurants, you choose your freshly baked bread, meats, cheese, and veggies to make a sub that's just right for you. Come in and create yours today. Subway. Eat fresh. Tired of your allies falling to the pressure of the big lie? Come take a breath with the truth. TNN, the Truth News Network. I was just told during the break maybe I need to take a breath. Ah, folks, this insanity, this unnecessary action that is being played out every day in in our faces. And there's so much power, there's so much disdain by those in power, they don't even care what you are, I think. They don't care how it impacts us. It's just kind of, well, this is what we do. This is why we've pushed so hard to gain power and to keep power in politics, so that we can tell everybody what to do and nobody can do anything about it. It just gets worse, folks. It gets worse. How could it get worse, Dan? Listen to this. The Biden administration, Merrick Garland, Attorney General, head of the Department of Justice, is in the process of funding the distribution of crack pipes to drug addicts, but not just to every drug addict. Listen to this. Where are they going to do it? in underserved communities, and they're doing it in the name of what drives everything up here? Equity. They're calling this advancing racial equity. And obviously they have to have a lot of money to spend. How about a $30 million grant program that will be implemented by nonprofits and local governments around the nation? Think about this, $30 million, tax dollars. And our government doesn't have the kahunas to do it themselves. They're going to spend this $30 million sending it out across the nation. And nonprofits and local governments are going to be dispensing crack pipes. What are crack pipes used for? To smoke the most addictive drug in the nation, in the world, crack. Crack cocaine. Now think about the racial implications of that. The African-American community and other minority communities in the United States have been ripped apart in large by crack cocaine. It's the cheapest, it's the easiest to use, and of course it's the most addictive. The Washington Free Beacon is reporting that the practice, this thing, is included in the Department of Health and Human Services Fiscal Year 2022 Harm Reduction Program Grant Operation. The program describes in a document the crack pipe distribution plan as the dispersion of federal government funds 
for smoking kits and supplies. <laughs> a spokesman for the Department of Health and uh, Department of DHS, whatever, told a media outlet that the grant money is going to supply addicts with safer crack pipes for smoking crack cocaine, crystal meth, or any other illicit substance. They actually tell us that. This spokesperson also justified this by claiming the pipes will reduce users' chances of becoming infected, which is common among crack addicts. One HHS spokesman refused to say what is included in the smoking kits. Similar distribution efforts have reportedly provided mouthpieces to prevent glass cuts, rubber bands to prevent burns, and filters to minimize the risk of disease. So, they actually solicited applications for this grant program. Oh, I'm sad to say it closed yesterday afternoon. So if you didn't get your app in, sorry, too bad. Funds are going to be given out beginning in May to nonprofit and local government recipients. Then they're going to start supplying addicts with pipes and supplies. I'm sure they'll use public service announcements on radio and television around the nation. Hey, hey, hey. If you got to crack, but you don't have the other stuff, come see us. We'll give it to you. We'll show you how to use it. They tell us priority is going to be given to those who promise to use the funds in underserved communities. In other words, on black people. Hmm. And their targets? Well, large African-American and LGBTQ plus populations. And this is part of a Joe Biden executive order on advancing racial equity and support for underserved communities. Can you believe this? This is going on right now. I haven't heard old Joe get on the stage and talk about this. Oh my gosh, guess what we're doing for African-Americans? You know, I love African-Americans. Forget about the fact that I said when segregation was being attacked back then, I said on a national level and made, made it, confirmed it over and over and over again that I didn't want there to be black people. He called them. I didn't want my schools to be going to a jungle, my kids in schools going into a jungle. He later talked about the need to segregate everybody that's not black from blacks because he called them criminals, everyone. So what's he trying to do? Is this payback? Is he a racist that's now he's decided he's got to do something to make everybody think that he's no longer a racist because his words and his actions in his previous career in the United States Senate and as Barack Obama's vice president are full of examples that come right out of its own mouth. We're told his order to do this was set in motion a purportedly comprehensive approach to advancing equity for all, including people of color and others who have been historically underserved, have been marginalized and adversely affected by persistent poverty and inequality. Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas, you hear and see him all the time. He's a man of 
few words, but when he talks, he's very demonstrative about what he tells us. He tweeted on the absurdity of it all. Here's what he said. Biden talked about being tough on crime last week. This week, the Biden administration announced funds for crack pipe distribution to advance racial equity. Another Twitter user pointed out the obvious. Quote, the Biden administration is advancing crack pipe distribution in the name of racial equity, which is in and of itself a racist statement. But they won't let doctors prescribe, you know, the dewormer thing that I can't say here, ivermectin. The world's gone mad, plain and simple. And there are other items that qualify for funding under this grant. They include harm-reducing vending machines, infectious diseases testing kits, safe sex kits, syringes, vaccination services, and wound care management supplies. It's estimated there are going to be 25 grant awards of up to $400,000 each over the next three years through this program. It's believed that democratically-led large cities will be the big winners of the grants. San Francisco and Seattle, folks, they're already giving smoking kits to residents. But they've shied away from these programs in recent years. You know why? They're concerns that this might enable illegal drug users. Do you think? I mean, what the heck other message could anybody get from this other than, hey, 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 we know you're too stupid that you don't think through this stuff and that's why you're hooked on drugs and hey, we want to help you down the road for total destruction in your life. We're going to make it easier. Oh, you don't have to buy a crack pipe or steal one out of somebody's car. Just come get yours. Joe Biden's dispensary. We got it for you. Sergeant Clyde Boatwright, who's the president of the Maryland FOP, Fraternal Order of Police, he told the Washington Free Beacon, government resources should be used to prevent illegal drug use rather than making it safer. If we look at more of a preventive campaign as opposed to an enabling campaign, I think it will offer an opportunity to have safer communities with fewer people who are dependent on these substances, he said. Wow, out of all of that came one voice of reason. And it came from a sergeant in Maryland, Sergeant Clyde Boatwright. Maybe we shouldn't be making it easier. Maybe we should be doing that novel thing, you know, Enforcing the laws. Wow. Man, what a way to start a day. (laughs) What a way to start a day. My buddy from South Louisiana, you've heard him on this show, Congressman Steve Scalise. He's the Republican, the minority party whip. Uh, The number, I guess he would be the number two in power in the Republican Party in the U.S. House of Representatives. Um, he didn't weigh in on this specific thing, but he did weigh in on what's going on regarding the American people in this government. I think, I, I, yeah, 
I'm going to do that. I want you to hear Congressman Scalise talk about the people taking our power back. And he, he throws everything into there. The insanity that's been perpetrated by Dr. Anthony Fauci and others in our healthcare system, our politics across the board. It's just power. Seize power. Don't do what you're supposed to do. Don't do the legal things. Just do whatever you need to do to get power and to hang on to it. Now let's bring in House Minority Whip Steve Scalise. Sir, what's your reaction? Do you support uh, the U.S. truckers if they got this thing going? Sure do, Stuart. In fact, if you look at what, what's happening there, there's a movement all across this country. You saw it in Virginia where voters of all parties said we want to take our freedoms back. And they took their state back uh, by electing Youngkin as governor. Uh, you know, and, and look, what the truckers are doing is an example of what's happening in a lot of other places. But to see the reaction from the left is very telling. Uh, how they were okay with embracing people who were burning down cities and setting up sites to go fund people who were uh, being being arrested for violence in the streets over the summer a year and a half ago. But then t- you got truckers just expressing freedom and then GoFundMe tries to go and deceive people by taking the money, trying to send it somewhere else. It, it, it seems to me, for me, forgive me for using the European expression, the class, but there seems to be to be a class distinction in what's going on now with these rules and regulations. The elites make the rules and break them Working people like truckers who have to live with these mandates are protesting against them. I mean, that, there's a class divide in America at the moment, which I'm surprised to see. Yeah, and, and there's examples of this hypocrisy everywhere you go. We all watched the NFC uh, championship game last week where you had the governor of California who's telling kids in school that they uh, can't go into the classroom without a mask or they're going to kill everybody. He's photographed without a mask, the mayor of San Francisco, the mayor of L.A., and they're putting these edicts on people that they themselves aren't living by. So it shows you it's not about medical science. It's all about political science, and people are fed up with it as they should be. Yeah, a lot of people I can see just walking away from masks and all the rest of it. Uh, Congressman, uh, you, along with uh, uh, colleagues, um, Coma and Jordan in the House, calling on scientists who were privately supportive of the lab leak theory, the Wuhan lab theory of a leak, you want them to stand up in Congress under oath? What would the scientists tell you? What we found out, and we uncovered this by trying to get some more facts about the origins of COVID. Uh, Jamie Comer with the Oversight Committee, Jim Jordan with the Judiciary Committee, and myself have all been trying to get answers on the origin of COVID. And they, they recently uncovered some emails that showed that some of Dr. Fauci's top advisors were actually emailing him telling him they thought that COVID might have originated in the Wuhan lab, which, by the way, many other scientists have said probably did happen. Pelosi, for whatever reason, won't even hold a hearing on this. And so as we were uncovering this, there was an email from Dr. Fauci that basically said, you know, stop emailing, let's do a phone call. They did the phone call. We don't know what was said on that call because we don't have any records of it. And then within days, all of those scientists changed their tune and started calling it a conspiracy theory and things like that to suggest it might have started in the lab in Wuhan. And so the, the begs the question, what happened on that phone call that changed these scientists' opinions that maybe it did in fact start in the lab uh, after that phone conversation that we were not privy to? I think they ought to come and testify and tell us what happened. Uh, we heard some of them got millions of dollars in federal grants after they changed their tune. That's alarming, by the way. Uh, if it's true, we want to find that, that out. We want to get the facts out. Speaker Pelosi will not allow hearings into this? 
No, we've been calling for over a year for hearings on the origin of COVID, uh, both in, in the committee that I'm on, in the committee Jim Jordan is the lead Republican on, and the, the committee Comer's on. And she refuses to have a hearing on any of that. When many, many scientists across the political spectrum have said, number one, if you study the genome structure of COVID, it was not originated from a bat to an animal to a human. It probably was manipulated in a lab in Wuhan. And it was Speaker Pelosi who last week told American athletes in Beijing, shut up, don't say anything. That's not great. Uh, uh, yeah, why are they covering for China? We want to find out these facts and we're going to get them uh, one way or another. Steve Scalise, and he's addressing in a broad way the things that we're talking about. The government is not doing what the government is supposed to do, but the government is doing a lot of stuff. Let's do this. We're going to come back in just a moment to Speaker Pelosi, but let's circle back to part of our beginning story. That's about illegal immigration and what's happening. Alejandro Mayorkas, Secretary of DHS. He's kind of doing it again, something else on another level. Federal law requires that anybody who enters the United States illegally be separated from the kids that they bring with them. It's a law, folks, and that's to keep these kids safe. They found out back during Obama's and Biden's eight years in the White House regarding illegal immigration, these cartel Human and uh, sex traffickers were bringing kids over and claiming to be their parents. They found out that that wasn't necessarily so. So what do you do to keep these kids safe? You had to separate them. DHS Secretary Mayorka said yesterday his agency is putting a what he calls a structure in place to facilitate bringing these deported adults into the country under the claim of family unification. Now follow this. Taxpayer-funded NPR, National Public Radio, they helped Alejandro Mayorkas advance this narrative, reporting that Biden signed executive orders intended to, and what they were about to do, was unravel Trump-era immigration policies that separated thousands of families including the creation of a task force to reunite some of the families that were separated at the U.S. southern border. Now, none of this even talks about the fact that federal law says that's what's supposed to happen, but that bad Donald Trump, the orange man, how dare he have his Department of Homeland Security enforce the laws? A year ago, Biden created a task force to implement his executive order. One NPR host noted that of the 4,000 kids who were separated from their parents, 2,187 had been reunited before Donald Trump left office. Well, maybe the orange man wasn't so bad after all, but you don't hear anybody talk about that. More than half of them, the Trump administration found the parents and got them back together with the kids. So Mayorkas, of course, as he always does, the way it was happening under Trump, it's bad, bad. So we now have accomplished a great deal on this. When we commenced our task force one year ago, what we encountered was an absence of records of the families who were separated or incomplete or inaccurate records. And our first challenge was to actually identify the separated families. 
we have thus far reunified more than 120 families. And we're in the process of reunifying more than 400 more. And we are present in the countries of origin to reach other families and encourage them to come forward. Doesn't that make you feel warm and fuzzy about what this administration is doing regarding our border security? So this NPR host commented about that little number of reunification so far. Mayorka said his agency is putting a structure in place to make that number go up. Well, you know, this is Mayorkas. We have, as I mentioned, almost 400 additional families in the pipeline. Much of the preliminary work was identifying the families in the first instance and also building the structure for them to reunify here in the United States to be able to build a system that grants them humanitarian parole. In other words, hey, moms, hey, dads, you got kids over here. We just want you to come on over here, and we're just going to green light you being here. We'll make it legal for you to be here. The agency, we are told, is granting temporary lawful residency to these adults. Border Patrol agents, as you can imagine, are nauseated with Biden's open border policies, and Mayorkas acknowledged that is the case. He said this, I traveled to Arizona and different parts of Texas and was actually in New Mexico as well to hear from them and to hear their candid observations. Talking about Border Patrol. They expressed concerns with respect to the resources they have to do their jobs. More personnel, more and better equipment, They, of course, expressed concerns with some of the policies of this administration, and I should say, not with unanimity. That's what openness and candor are all about and what defines a good organization. Yeah, yeah. Every one of those border agencies, when they went and interviewed for those jobs, they said, hey, I want to be part of an agency, a government agency that ignores the law. You know, even though I swore an oath when I joined Border Patrol that I would protect and defend the Constitution and the enforcement of all the immigration laws in the nation. I don't like them, so I want to go underground. I want to help you, Secretary Mayorkas, break the law. Hundreds of times every week, I'll be the guy. I'll be the girl that does all that. Show me where to sign up. Rampant criminality being suborned by Joe Biden's cabinet members? Well, they're not doing anything that Joe Biden's not doing, right? So what about all of these illegals? What's happening to them? We have a bunch of different segments of our illegals. So yesterday we were told some top officials in Biden's DHS are admitting now They don't know how many illegal aliens have been deported from the U.S. after they were deported but released temporarily waiting for deportation. They don't know how many of those are still here. Over the last year, Biden's DHS has operated an expansive catch-and-release program that has freed more than half a million border crossers and illegal aliens into the U.S. interior. More than half a million. In many of those, border crossers and illegal aliens are given notices to appear. They call them NTAs. 
and that happens in front of an immigration judge. Prior DHS data published by Breitbart News revealed 85% of border crossers and illegal aliens released into the U.S. are evading deportation. How are they doing it? They just skip out on the requirements to report. DHS officials now admit in a letter, by the way, to Representative Andy Biggs, a Republican from Arizona, that they are not tracking the number of deported border crossers and illegal aliens who don't comply with reporting requirements following their release. So here's just a a paragraph from the letter. At this time, DHS is unable to statistically track the number of non-citizens released by Customs and Border Protection with a charging document or instructions to check in with the ICE office who have been removed from the United States. So they tell us, hey, we deported them, we removed them from the United States, but we really didn't remove them. We gave them a notice to come back, to come in and meet with the judge and get this all worked out, and they just go away. They don't report. Now, DHS didn't give us the number of how many border crossers and illegals have been arrested by ICE after having violated these release terms. Biden's DHS has failed to give the number of illegals arrested and deported last year. Former ICE officials suggested the agency is desperately trying to manipulate the data to make it harder to compare to past years of interior enforcement. In other words, they don't want to line up the numbers against the numbers from the orange man's administration. And they know what it would look like. It would look like this administration, Joe Biden, Mayorkas, the Department of Justice, the FBI, they're thumbing their nose at federal immigration laws and they're not even doing anything to stop illegal immigration. In fact, they're doing the exact opposite. Y'all come on in. We got your back. Yeah, it's really something. They don't have your back. They don't have my back. But they're taking darn good care of illegals. (laughs) Of illegals. Can you believe that? That just blows my mind. Folks, we have so many other things of import that we've got to get to. I want to thank you so much for being here. I know, and I'm asked all the time, I get texts and emails all the time. Hey, look, I missed the show. How can I grab it? I just want you to understand there are multiple ways for you to get it. Within 10 minutes after the completion of every show, that would be 11 a.m. Central Time is when the show's over on Monday through Friday every day. You can get the show in its entirety in a bunch of different ways. First, let's talk about our website. Every day there's a story published, pretty much every day. And what we do is when the show is over, within minutes, we put that day's show, a link to it, at the bottom of the story, the front page story at truthnewsnet.org that day. You can click on that link and listen to it free, download it. Or if you're out in your car, you're in some other place, and you don't have access to your computer, but you have your phone, Apple Podcast, Spotify Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio Podcast, Stitcher Podcast, 
and one other one. Help me out. Help me out. Who did, who did I leave out? I don't know. But there, there are six other sources that every day, within minutes of the show ending, you can go to any one of those podcast sites. There are apps for all of them on your, your iPhone, your Google phone. And you download the app. In the search bar, just type in the name of the show, TNN Live. And an index pops up. It's a catalog of every show we do, and the most recent show is at the top. There, click on it, listen to it, or download it. It's that simple. So you never have to miss a show. And I want to thank you because every day, the numbers obviously are indicative of how you feel about all of this. You and your fellow conservatives because the numbers are growing exponentially. And it's interesting. We can see where the downloads are happening around the world. It's not just in the U.S., but a bunch of folks in Asia in Europe, in South America, are listening in. They're not comfortable. They're getting real information from their media outlets and said they want to find the truth. You know, being truthful and digging for facts and expecting facts, it's not just an American thing. I mean, it's a human thing. We all want to know what's going on. You know, when I was a kid, and I saw a girl that I really liked, you know, and I wanted her to, I wanted her to spark a little interest in me. I would always ask everybody else, does she ever mention my name? Is she thinking about me? Do you think I ought to go talk to her? Same thing here, folks, but a whole lot more important. Powerful, insightful, truthful. TNN, the Truth News Network. American Ladders and Scaffolds. Deal with the experts. Scaffolding, rental, and setup. Installation of truck racks, Lear truck caps, tonneau covers, and van shelving. Fall protection. Ladder and scaffold training and inspections. Little giant ladders. Custom access ladders and guardrails for commercial buildings. American Ladders and Scaffolds. Delivery everywhere, every day. American Ladders and Scaffolds. We take you higher. We take you higher. The I'm crazy hungry, so she's got to be too. Slide through the Mickey D's drive-thru to get a Big Mac. Right after I order her quarter pounder with cheese, because I don't know everything, but I do know what my girl's feeling hangry meal. Get it at McDonald's when you buy one of your faves, like the Big Mac, quarter pounder with cheese, 10-piece chicken McNuggets, or filet of fish and get another for just a dollar. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid on item of equal or lesser value. Few things bring as much joy as the delicious taste of Coca-Cola. Like your first time camping or falling in love on a blind date. And now, our new Coke bottles are sip-sized and made from 100% recycled materials. So every bottle can live on to create more memories. That's endlessly refreshing. Coca-Cola. Bottles are made from 100% recycled materials excluding cap and label. Enjoy the great taste of Coca-Cola in a new sip-sized bottle that's made of 100% recycled materials. Relaxing, unclenching, finding the real truth. TNN. And again, your host, Dan Newman. I don't know about that relaxing thing, Pete Moss. (laughs) There's not a whole lot of relaxing going on. It's hard not to stay all tense all day long, especially if you think much about circumstances in your life of which you have no control. That's a scary thing. I said we were going to discuss how Speaker Nancy Pelosi 
Got a couple of things specifically I want to address. First of all, you're going to love this one. She spent over half a million dollars on private jets since 2020, despite repeatedly describing climate change, in her words, an existential threat to the United States. And she has, according to what she says about everybody that flies these other private jets, but her, she has a moral obligation to address it, which she hasn't, which she won't. Now, we know what the money is. According to campaign filings, you know this with the Federal Election Commission, all of these that run for office and get elected, they have to do financial disclosures to the FEC. How do those campaign dollars they collect, how are they being spent? Well, for Nancy Girl, her campaign paid a Virginia-based private aviation provider, advanced aviation team, right at a half a million dollars between October 2020 and December last year, and over $65,000 to Clay Lacey Aviation, which is a California-based private jet provider. Now, that seems kind of benign. I mean, she's a very wealthy woman, but we're not talking about Pelosi money here. We're talking about Pelosi campaign dollars. And it's also a little bit about this. Private jets, folks, they're really, really bad for the environment. They produce a lot more emissions per passenger than do these commercial airlines. Her campaign spent $67,000 on private air travel just months before she said that she viewed tackling the climate crisis as a religious thing. For me, it's a religious thing, she said in November. And that was after she led a 21-member congressional delegation to the United Nations Climate Change Conference. And it was just a little excursion, you know, Glasgow, Scotland. And they all flew, not on one of these Pelosi campaign jets, but on a United States Air Force Force Gulfstream jet that's converted to be used for military executive travel. And folks, the tab for the taxpayers for that one flight, not counting the cost of all of the stuff that happened once they got there, was half a million dollars, one little trip. But it's a religious thing. She came under fire last year in the fall after she claimed climate change was even more of a priority to discuss with China than its multitude of human rights abuses. Climate is an overriding issue, she said, and China is a leading emitter in the world. Now, she's not by herself. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh, you're going to dig, huh? Yeah, Joe Biden's campaign. They promised, Joe promised to make climate change a key priority of his administration. They spent over $15 million on private air travel over the course of his campaign for the 2020 election. 15 mil, folks. The Democrat National Committee has also been vocal about climate change and been committed to curbing the effects of climate change. But the DNC has paid out hundreds of thousands of dollars to Advanced Aviation Team recently. And the big offender, Biden's climate czar. No, it's not Al Gore. Somebody younger than Al. 
John Kerry. John Kerry took a private jet to Iceland in 2019 to receive the Arctic Circle Award for, guess what, climate leadership. Kerry defends his high pollution rides all the time, folks. And that one, he called it the only choice for somebody like me who is traveling the world to win the battle. (laughs) Listen to this. This one just blows my mind. Do you know he married... Teresa Heinz Carey. Heinz. Sound familiar? Heinz Ketchup. She's the widow of the founder of Heinz Ketchup. They got bunches of dollars, folks. Well, John Kerry's family private jets, each one of them, and they have a fleet of them. They own a jet company that charters jets. They have a fleet of them. The one that he flies on most of the time, it emitted an estimated 116 metric tons of carbon, carbon, that evil carbon, over the past year. What I want to see, I'm anxious to see when this one's announced, that somebody on the left, some of those multi-billionaires, they're going to find a way to do away with carbon fuel for private jets. You know, they're going to put wind turbines on top of them, or they're going to put solar panels on top of them, and they're finally going to make private jets carbon-free. But until then, guess what they're going to do? Spend money (laughs) and emit 116 metric tons of carbon in a year. That's what they're doing right now. That's what they did last year, the year before. They're still doing it in 2022. So we're not done with Nancy yet. She's the most powerful person in Congress, bar none. I know Schumer is the majority leader in the Senate, but the House is where all the money bills are begun, and she can choose what's going to be considered in the way of legislation and what's not going to be. So she's the boss, and she's the one that has just lit the fires of the orange man and all those people that supported him, you know, those insurrectionists on January 6th in 2021 and what they did, right? Well, she was asked last week, Thursday, she was asked about her giving information to that January 6th committee that's investigating this. She appointed every member of it. She's the one that put it together. Well, obviously, here's what most people don't understand. The Speaker of the House, whoever it is, in every administration, Every two years, the Speaker of the House has the sole responsibility, the sole right, and the sole obligation regarding everything to do with the Capitol itself, including its security. So she was the one that had been informed by the National Guard. They reached out to her in advance of the January 6th event, thinking, based on some intelligence they got from the FBI, that same intelligence that went to the Trump administration. And it's from that information that Donald Trump personally contacted the National Guard and suggested that they have a huge presence in Washington, D.C. for several days before the January 6th meeting that happened, the demonstration that happened, to make sure everything was safe. Of course, what did the National Guard do? They have to go through who's in charge at the Capitol. They contacted Nancy Pelosi. 
And Pelosi told them to stand down. Don't be there. So you would think that's being talked about by people in the media. It has been since all the way back to January 6th. Wouldn't you think that that committee would have the Speaker of the House up there talking about what happened that day and why things that should have been happened in a preventative way, why they didn't? Last Thursday, she said this. She hadn't provided the Democrat-dominated House January 6th committee with any information, any information about her role in that event that happened that day and even days leading up to it. Even as a small group of Republicans continued to demand answers from the Speaker, question, why wouldn't everybody demand that she come before that committee and swear in and answer questions? Of course, that committee's a farce. Party line vote. First time in American congressional history that the minority leader in the Congress, the House of Representatives, who always appoints a a number lower than the total number of seats on any committee, the majority in the House and the majority in the Senate have more people on these committees just because they're in power. But there's always been whoever the minority leader is appoints the members of his or her party that are going to serve on each committee. It's always happened that way. Every Congress, except this one. Nancy refused for Kevin McCarthy, minority leader in the House, his appointees for the January 6th committee, she wouldn't accept any of them. So she appointed Lynn Cheney, who's a Republican. Of course, you know a Republican, they're going to be fair. She is a never-Trumper. She's a rhino. She is anything but conservative when it comes to government right now. And her compadre from... Ohio, Kinzinger, Adam Kinzinger, who hates Donald Trump and everything and everybody that has anything to do with him. So those are the quote-unquote Republicans on that committee. And by the way, the Republican Party censored both of them last week, and they're probably going to be kicked out of the Republican Party. The committee's purpose from the beginning, they told us, was to uncover the truth about what happened during the January 6th rally at the Capitol, it's been used instead to declare subpoena power to seize the phone and text records of former Trump officials. Even some Fox News host and even a right of center Chapman University in every case with no court granted warrant. The panel has made no effort to get information from Speaker Pelosi who, according to reports, she was instrumental in leaving the Capitol without adequate defenses, despite repeated requests by the Capitol Police Chief. We need the National Guard, Madam Speaker. We need the National Guard. She said, nope. So during a January 6th, this year, 2022 conference call with some reporters, Representatives Elise Stefanik of New York, a Republican, and Jim Jordan, a Republican from Ohio, and other lawmakers, they discussed this panel. This is a quote. This is a partisan sham committee. It's not focused on answering the most important questions of why the Capitol was left unprepared that day and how we can ensure this never happens again. 
The American people deserve to know what the mainstream media refuses to cover, the fact that the only office that is off-limits to this partisan sham investigation is Speaker Pelosi's office. Thursday, Pelosi confirmed she's not given any information to the committee, even though a series of questions about her involvement remain unanswered. And so during her weekly press conference, she was asked whether she had given any documents or testimony to the panel. No, she said. I stay as far away from the committee as possible. If they ask me, I would, but I don't. I was on the podium during the rally, and then I was swept away. Of course, conservatives, Republicans, and others have a different story, a theory, for why Pelosi has stayed away from it. Stefanik said, The January 6th commission is a political weapon, nothing more, and it's used to cover up for Nancy Pelosi's failures. How about that? There's another Nancy conundrum that's going on right now. We've carried stories, multiple stories here, chronicling the tremendous success in the stock market for Nancy and Paul Pelosi and a whole bunch of other members of the House and the Senate. You know, these places where legislation that impacts these big companies that have their stock listed on the New York Stock Exchange, the American Stock Exchange, and others. And they're the ones that craft and implement regulations and laws based upon things that happen in particular and with particular companies. So in other words, they know a lot. And they know a lot before you and I know a lot. And so they illegally have been and steadily do it, and they don't even try to hide it anymore, using inside information to make very favorable stock transactions before you or I ever know about those things. We, of course, if we had access to the same information, we would be able to do some of the same stuff. Well, there's a law, a bill that... Republicans want to make law and a huge number of Democrats as well to stop elected members in Congress from doing any trading whatsoever while they're in Congress. And it's been laying around waiting for consideration for some time. It's not being put up for consideration. And I wonder why, and I wonder who's involved in that. I don't think you have to guess. Nancy Pelosi. She is the sole arbiter, the only one that gets to determine what bills go to committees, what bills go to the floor, even after they come out of committees, if they do, is the Speaker of the House. And she refuses to allow that bill to be taken up before the House. Nothing happens to them up there, folks. They never get called on the carpet, or if they do, it's so seldom, it really doesn't matter. They don't carry any weight. They don't have any power. Here's the information about her and this stock trading bill. I want you to listen to this for yourself. Shahazni on Capitol Hill. Aisha, what's the latest? 
Hey, Stuart, good morning to you. So, yeah, you're right. A growing number of House Democrats really want House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to get on board with this legislation fully, and she is definitely feeling the pressure. So Democrat Representative Abigail Spanberger came together with Republican Chip Roy to introduce this bipartisan piece of legislation that would mandate lawmakers and their immediate families put certain investments into a qualified blind while they are serving in Congress. Now, the issue has been heating up here on Capitol Hill after a published report suggested at least 55 members of Congress have already violated a law designed to stop insider trading and prevent conflicts of interest. A growing number of Democrats, especially those, Stuart, who are facing some pretty tough reelections uh, in 2022, are signing on to this bill because they see it as a midterm issue. They think that this could really help them gain voter trust. But House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who, as you know, with her husband, has made millions of stock trading, has continually bristled at this idea, saying it's, quote, a free market economy. And only recently, Stuart, with the weight of her conference on top of her, has she finally, she's having the House Administration Committee finally take a look at some of these proposed bills. And Spanberger told me it is time for the speaker to get with the program. I have vehemently disagreed with the comments that the speaker's made and the apprehension that she has about this piece of legislation because it, it isn't about us. It isn't about members of Congress. It's about the trust that the American people should have in their members of Congress. So, Stuart, it looks like one way or another something's going to happen if House Republicans take back the House after the midterms. We have confirmed that Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy does want to do something about this, maybe even an outright ban on stock trading for members. So, more to come. Let me tell you the conundrum here. Do you know there already is, as was mentioned in the beginning of that story, there's a law out there about stopping this. And it was made several years ago, and it was when Nancy Pelosi was in the House of Representatives early in her career, and this whole thing that came up was put together by a bipartisan group of members of the Republican and the Democrat Party in the House of Representatives, and it was to stop this from happening, to prevent members of Congress to take this information that they get, surreptitiously in many cases, and go make stock purchases and sell stock based upon inside information. It was pretty rampant then, but let me tell you how egregious this was. You know what they named that law? The Pelosi rule. (laughs) From the very beginning. The reason they crafted it, and for the reason they named the law, it was because of Nancy and Paul Pelosi and how they are using her power in Congress to enhance their own financial status. That's just one small thing going on with Nancy Pelosi. And you know what? She's never held accountable. And somebody asked me not long ago, why, why, won't, they, why won't they come after Nancy? Why won't fellow members in the House of Representatives in the Senate, why don't they go after her? She's not well-liked. She is a tremendous political power point for Washington, D.C. Nobody politically is as powerful in Washington as is Nancy Pelosi. So why won't they do anything? This corruption. She knows where all the skeletons are buried in everybody's closet. She has something on everybody. 
and, and some of those skeletons in everybody's closet, she helped them be put in the closet. That's why. Ladies, we ask your forgiveness. Please forgive our immaturity, our outbursts of tacky compliments. Forgive our browser history. Forgive our hormones taking control of us. Forgive us for thinking an open shirt is the ultimate weapon of appeal. Forgive us for opening our beers like primates. Forgive for taking a no as a yes. For insisting on playing a guitar that doesn't exist. And please, forgive us for never washing our hands. Ever. Schneider. The beer with the exact maturity of the man who's in the process. When your cable company keeps you on hold, you get angry. When you get angry, you go blow off steam. When you go blow off steam, accidents happen. When accidents happen, you get an eye patch. When you get an eye patch, people think you're tough. When people think you're tough, people want to see how tough. And when people want to see how tough, you wake up in a roadside ditch. Don't wake up in a roadside ditch. Get rid of cable and upgrade to DirecTV. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Papa John is not interested in quality. He's obsessed with it. Because Papa John's a pizza maker. It's what he does. That's why you've got Papa's quality guarantee. Signed by the man himself. Love your pizza, or we'll deliver another absolutely free. It's my guarantee. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. And right now, save 25% when you spend 25 pounds or more online. That's a nice, peaceful, relaxing song, isn't it? I like that. That's Basha. Wow, so much happening. We don't want to leave anything out. We don't want to miss anything. We don't want you to miss anything. Well, Joe Biden is at odds with our nation's governors. Well, not all of them, but some from the Democrat Party and some from the Republican Party. What's the beef this time? Well, It's over mask mandates. Biden's been going after several states for not imposing mask mandates in schools, and he's come out, I mean, just directly attacking governors like Greg Abbott of Texas and Ron DeSantis of Florida for banding those mask mandates. However, more governors from blue states are now joining their red state colleagues in phasing out the mask mandates in schools. New Jersey, folks, New Jersey. Chris Murphy's the governor there. I mean, Phil Murphy. I said Chris Murphy. He's a heavyweight in the Democrat Party. He announced yesterday the Garden State, what they're planning to do, they're going to unmask. He's going to make the announcement, I think today or tomorrow, during a pandemic briefing in Trenton, and the New Jersey mandate will officially be lifted March 7th. The New Jersey Democrat renewed the school mask mandate just last month when he declared a public health emergency. Even Biden's home state of Delaware, for which he served as a senator for nearly four decades, they're ditching 
mask mandates. The governor there, John Carney, a Democrat, announced on Monday the first state would be dropping its mask mandates in indoor public spaces this Friday and mask mandates in schools next month. And then there's Pennsylvania. Democrat Governor Tom Wolf, he handed over masking requirements to schools in the Keystone State last month, and he did that after the state Supreme Court struck down his mandate. So the White House is going toe-to-toe with these governors who all of a sudden said, you know what, we're out. We're not going to do this partisan political crap anymore. We're not going to do it. It's going to be interesting to watch. What do you see? What? Pull back just a minute. Let's go up back to the 20,000-foot level and look down at the landscape of politics in the United States and politics as it pertains to this administration. What do you see? What's the big picture of what's going on here? Folks, the long sleeping giant of real democracy has been asleep for some time in Washington. It's awakening. And it's seeing things aren't what they've been represented to be. And we're not happy about it anymore. And we're not going to allow it to happen. We're going to start demanding some of this um, common sense kind of stuff. Common sense. Well, there's news here on COVID-19 vaccine mandates. 16 states, 16 states have joined and have filed a new challenge to the healthcare worker COVID-19 vaccine mandate. My state, Louisiana, and 15 other states, February 4th, lodged a new challenge against the Fed's COVID-19 vaccine mandate for healthcare workers, arguing that the dominance of the Overcrom virus variant undercuts justification for the mandate. About 10 million workers fall under the VAX requirements. It applies to every facility that gets Medicare or Medicaid funding. The Supreme Court lifted injunctions against the mandate January 13 in a 5-4 split decision that the Department of Health and Human Services and the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services had the authority to issue the rule requiring vaccinations. The mandate took effect in 25 states in January and will take effect this month in the other 25 states, which had challenged that rule. The rule was signed by Health Secretary Xavier Becerra, repeatedly references in the rule the danger the Delta virus variant poses to the unvaxxed and says that vaccines continue to be effective in preventing COVID-19 associated with the now dominant Delta variant. Becerra had good cause to impose the rule without accepting comments mandated in most circumstances under federal law, but because of his belief that any further delay would endanger patient health and safety given the spread of the Delta variant in the upcoming winter seasons. That's what the Supreme Court said. But as of mid-December, the Omicron variant is the dominant strain across the U.S. It's now established beyond any serious question that the Secretary's speculation was wrong. 
The Delta variant effectively disappeared from the scene within weeks of the issuance of the rule. That's in these new states' filings. The primary series of COVID-19 vaccines required by the mandate provide little protection against infection from Omicron and reduce protection against severe disease studies show. Just about everybody will contract the variant. That's according to the COVID father, the COVID god, Dr. Anthony Fauci. The mandate was promulgated in response to the Delta variant, which now accounts for only 0.1% of all COVID-19 cases. 0.1%. I can't even believe that's enough to measure. But research suggests that COVID vaccines do little to stop the transmission of the uh, predominant Omicron strain today. It accounts for 99.9% of all cases, which undermines the premise for forcing people to get vaccinations. That's from Alabama's Attorney General, Steve Marshall. In addition, the feds have shifted its position, federal government, on several key fronts, like issuing guidance saying healthcare workers who test positive for COVID can still go to work, undercutting the rule that bars unvaccinated workers from working even if they test negative, the fresh challenge notes. Further, states and facilities are dealing with worker shortages due to the mandate itself, and that's prompting some to appeal to the government to delay or abolish its mandates. It's amazing when political partisanship of those and from those that are in power politically, how quickly all of that moves. No matter if it's substantive, if it's real, if it's honest, if it's necessary or not, if it's politically expedient, those things are being shoved into Americans' faces and people are paying the price for this, folks. If you listen to yesterday's show, and if you didn't, you need to go back and listen to it at least the first hour or so, we had about a 12-minute segment of an interview with a registered nurse who is one of the um, critical care nurses. She has an extensive background, and she was a frontline worker at the very beginning of COVID-19. She went to New York to work there. But she and others of her ilk, her background, her expertise, They basically say enough is enough. And she chronicled some of the instances that she had personally experienced about vaccinating younger Americans. And she told a story. Now, I'm going to put it in the context of my background. For 29 years, I owned a very large coast-to-coast medical billing company. We dealt with medical providers of all kinds. And what we would do, we would handle submission of their bills to Medicare, Medicaid, every commercial carrier that you can think of, TRICARE, which handles veterans' insurance claims, and we would fight the insurance companies to make sure that their insured people, the people that were having to receive the medical treatments that we were billing for, that they got what they were supposed to get, and they weren't being shorted by an insurance company that just refused to do the right and the legal thing. That's where I come from. So I've seen a lot of it. The biggest segment of our business for the first five or six years of the existence of the company was doing that work for emergency ambulance transporters, helicopter, ground ambulance, 
every kind, fixed wing, you can name it. Those are very, very expensive. And as you can imagine, helicopter transport and fixed wing long distance transports for medical patients that are serious is extremely expensive. So I learned about the requirements of emergency transportation. And we also, obviously, we saw the patient's medical records. That's what we used to prepare and submit the bills for these services that these transportation, emergency transportation companies were providing for these patients. I never saw in one case, never, and still to this day I haven't, in 29 years, I've never seen an emergency transport for a kid 10 years of age that had a heart attack. And this nurse gave a specific story documented on her watch. She had to order emergency transport for a 10-year-old little boy who had a massive heart attack just hours after receiving a COVID-19 vaccination. Well, that's just one case, Dan. How many others do we not know about? How many such cases haven't been reported to you and me? There is so many more situations, examples of this happening. Let me tell you one big one, and I don't have the answers. I don't think anybody does. We found out over the weekend that for American young adults ages 18 to 49, death rates in the last 12 months for those who fall into that demographic, male, female, 18 to 49 years old in the United States, no specifics, no information about their status, but within that demographic, 40% more died during the last year in that age group. And none of them, this is excluding any of those that died from COVID-19. 40% more died last year than ever before in American history. Wouldn't you think that would be something that would be reported top of the newscast, the CDC and the FDA would put that out everywhere. Not only has it been reported, when it was reported, none of those experts came forward with an explanation. Now, we do keep records, exhaustive records, of the sources and the principal cause of death for every death that happens. So if we know the number was 40% higher, that would mean we know the numbers of deaths. And with those deaths that are reported, what comes with them? The cause of death, a death certificate. And it has what the cause of death from. Why haven't, why don't we have that information? because they don't want to give it to us. Why don't they want to give it to us? Because they don't want us to know. 40%, folks. We're talking about a lot of people that have died, non-COVID related, and they know the other causes. What are they? We don't know. I don't know if we're going to find out. I don't know if they'll ever come forward and give it to us. They, who are we talking about? 
the Biden administration, the Centers for Disease Control, Dr. Anthony Fauci, Joe Biden's Surgeon General. There are a few people that are in that line that could give us that information, and they're hiding it. They're hiding it for some reason. You smell another lawsuit? I mean, there could be one there. And in my opinion, folks, there should be one there. There's so many other things going on. Let me tell you about one that is is just really, really sad. Really, really sad. On February 3rd, longtime Trump associate Felix Satter filed a cross-complaint in the New York federal court. The complaint alleges that Russian and Kazakhstan-connected individuals and entities conducted a shadow intelligence operation of Satter and Trump for the purpose of manufacturing information to harm Donald Trump politically, including, by the way, providing that guy, Christopher Steele, a PowerPoint presentation riddled with lies that Steele later led and fed to the FBI. I'm not going to dive deep into this. I just want you to know it's out there. It looks like, it appears, that this was all at the behest of and for the sole benefit of Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Can you believe that? (laughs) Yes, you can believe it. And uh, it, it should not surprise any of us. Because, I mean, it's out there. It's been out there. The kind of stuff has gone on. And folks, remember all that mess we went through, and Americans don't want to hear about this. They were like, enough, enough. We've heard it all before. We don't want to hear it again. But obviously, there were attempts on multiple fronts in the run-up to the 2016 election to support Hillary Clinton, to get the presidency, to secure it, and to make sure that Donald Trump didn't get it. But it happened. There's some other news on another front that's really discouraging to me. Suicides among young Americans has just skyrocketed. Yes, a lot of it has to do with all of the fallout from the pandemic, from lockdowns, from stay-at-home, from masking, from all of those things. And so some parents filed a lawsuit after their 12-year-old little girl attempted suicide twice, and she both times attempted suicide at school. Wow. So the parents obviously started looking into it, and they found out that both attempts happened after some secret meetings their daughter had with the school counselor. Wendell and Maria Perez are the parents. They got a call from Destiny Washington, who identified herself as a school counselor at Patterson Elementary School in Fleming Island, Florida. Washington told the Perez's they needed to come to the school immediately. She said it was about their daughter, who was a sixth grader, but she wouldn't give any more information over the phone. So when they got to the school, they waited in the lobby for 20 minutes before somebody came out to escort them into a room where the principal, John O'Brien, Vice Principal Courtney Schumacher, and the Clay County Schools police officer were waiting for them. Mr. and Mrs. Perez were instructed to sit down, and they filed a federal lawsuit over this. In the lawsuit, 
on behalf of Mr. and Mrs. Perez, Washington told the Perezes the reason they were called to the school was because their daughter had tried to commit suicide by hanging herself in the school restroom. Washington then informed the parents the reason their daughter tried to kill herself was because of her, quote, gender identity issue and the fact they would not be in agreement with these changes because of their Christian Catholic religious beliefs. So you can imagine what mom and dad Perez did. They just sat there in shock. Washington stunned them again. The January 5th suicide attempt was the second one. Their daughter had also tried to hang herself the day before. Without explaining how the child survived the first attempt, Washington insisted the school staff was not aware of the first attempt prior to the second. According to the lawsuit, the daughter sought guidance from the counselor because she was being bullied. She liked video games, which is something her peers say boys do. A friend confided she thought she was transgender, and the girl thought she could be transgender as well because she wanted to be strong and free like a boy. When the child went to speak to Washington, this counselor, she saw a lot of posters, literature, other promotional materials related to LGBTQ pride in Washington's office. The girl thought those materials were cool and asked Washington if she supported transgender people. Washington said she did, at which point the child told Washington, in that case, call me M and he. Through weekly private meetings over the next couple of months, the complaint alleges that Washington endorsed the belief that the child could be a boy and called her by the male name and male pronouns. Washington promised she would not tell the girl's parents, but the promise of confidentiality did not extend to the child's peers. Washington began addressing the child by the male name in front of her friends without the girl's permission. She was humiliated. The bullying for which she sought help from Washington, it just grew and grew and grew. As she became more confused and more depressed, Washington told the girl she would get all the teachers to start calling her by the male name. So after they were told their daughter had tried to hang herself on school property because their Christian Catholic beliefs conflicted with their new identity and being told they'd been kept in the dark about the months of private meetings because of quote-unquote confidentiality issues, The Clay County Schools police officer informed the Perez's their daughter had already been placed in the back of a police car and was going to be transported to a mental health facility under the Baker Act, regardless of whether or not they approved. According to the complaint, the lawsuit, Mr. and Ms. Perez were not given the option of transporting their traumatized daughter to the facility or even traveling with her to provide her comfort. Instead, their suicidal 12-year-old was taken in a police vehicle to an emergency room. She stayed until 4 a.m. when she was transferred alone with no comfort and or support from her parents to another emergency room and then admitted to the behavioral health unit at Wolfson Children's Hospital in Jacksonville. I know right where it is. 
So the lawsuit, it's a wide sweeping one. I won't go into details. But folks, this is the kind of stuff that we as parents and grandparents, we've got to pay attention to. This is not a rare occasion of this. This is not an exception. It is happening across the nation. No school district is exempt. I promise you, every school district, public school district in the nation has people, has teachers, has counselors that are subscribing to this entire philosophy of gender transgendering. In other words, going from one sex to the other, at least perceptually. And they're conscious of it. And they, in many cases, are putting it out there and are selling it to our kids. I wanted to make sure I brought this up to your attention because it's important. You just need to know it's out there. Don't hesitate to talk to your kids. I mean, after all, folks, they're our kids. That's what we're supposed to do. We're moms. We're dads. Grandparents, I mean... I don't know how it is at your house and your family. Just be kind of careful with it. But make sure they know they can always come talk to you about anything. About anything. And when they do, promise them this. Make them feel comfortable that you're not going to look down on them. You're not going to get mad at them. You want to help them work through every kind of problem and issue that they face. you got to make them comfortable that they're safe when they talk to you. Beat Yourself Up Hotline. Is this the Beat Yourself Up Hotline? Yes, sir. If you'd like to beat yourself up, this is the place to do it. Okay, I'd like to beat myself up now, please. Go right ahead when you're comfortable. I am so stupid. I can't believe how stupid I am. What an idiot. I left all my holiday shipping until the last minute again. Now it's a huge hassle. Why do I have to do this to myself every year? When, oh, when will I learn? You beat yourself up very well, sir. Thanks. But maybe you should just log on to SmartShip.com. SmartShip.com? Right. Type in your zip code and SmartShip.com tells you the fastest, easiest, most affordable way to do your holiday shipping, even at the last minute. Wow. Mm SmartShip.com. Why didn't I think of that? Well... Why do I have to have somebody else tell me what to do? Oh, sir... When, oh, when will I ever have an original thought? You're really good at this, sir. I've been told it's a gift. SmartShip.com. The way smart shipping is done. Those in the know like to stay in the realm of innovation. Join them. It's easy to keep up with the latest trends and own the latest tech with BMW Select as it offers you the option to drive a brand new BMW every three years. You also get to tailor your deal to suit your pocket and your lifestyle. Visit select.bmw.co.za for more. BMW Select. Dynamic finance for ultimate control. BMW Financial Services is an authorized FSP and registered credit provider. T's and C's apply. Drinking water is essential to your health. That's why you need to drink plenty of water to keep you hydrated throughout the day. Unlike power drinks or soft drinks, water is truly the only drink that can quench your thirst. It's an easy, refreshing way to keep your body healthy and strong. Freshen up today with a brisk, cool bottle of water. You're separating truth from scare tactics, freedom from fascism, and your warrior on point, again, Dan Newman. I hate to do this, 
Pete Moss just used the word fascist. And I'm going to do this report about our very own fascist. (laughs) I'm being funny. President Joe Biden. Guess what just popped out moments ago during the break? President Biden's first year in office has not only seen inflation run rampant, the fastest pace in 40 years, it's also seen our trade deficit expand to the widest import-export gap on record. So the trade deficit, what, what that is, it's the cost of things that we buy from other countries compared to the cost of things they buy from us. And it should be, you know, either on par or the other way we would really like it is they buy more from us than we buy from them. Not so much under Uncle Joe. In December alone, our trade deficit was $80.7 billion. And that's a record. But it's about the same as the previous record in September. It was $80.8 billion. The full-year trade deficit for 2021 was almost a trillion dollars, folks, passing the previous record of $763 billion set way back in 2006. So where does this big increase come from? Well, the U.S. economy stricken with weakened manufacturing sectors that could not expand to match consumer demand as our country came out of the pandemic. Consumers here spend heavily on goods, which in past decades would have expanded our production. But now... It's fueling imports. Stimulus checks, other forms of government aid, increased the incomes in the U.S. during the pandemic. But much of that wound up in the tills of foreign manufacturers. Guess who is the number one one? China. This income leakage due to the record high trade deficit puts pressure on the U.S. budget, requiring the government to take on even more debt to stop private sector income from getting smaller and smaller. Exports subtract from the official measure of GDP, gross domestic product. Imports up 1.6% to $309 billion in the final month of the year. And that contributes to the ongoing crunch at our U.S. ports. With China, folks, our trade deficit jumped 15% for the full year to almost $400 billion. Total imports of goods rose to $2.85 trillion last year, and imported services rose to $535 billion. That's all just a bunch of numbers, right? No, it's not. That's money out of your pocket. That's money out of my pocket. Meanwhile, President Biden, he made it very clear. Remember when he campaigned and what he said since? I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop this. Our trade deficit is going to go away. They're going to buy more stuff from us than we're going to buy from them. And I'm going to make sure the federal government buys everything that's made in America. You remember this? There's so much more that we're doing as well. And my decision at the outset of our administration to buy American, it's always been the law, was very seldom ever followed. Now it's a reality, not an empty promise. I made clear that when the federal government spends taxpayer dollars, we buy American products. American products made in America 
including all the component parts of that product, with very few exceptions. Very few exceptions. How about ah, just one of those very few exceptions a month ago? How about one point? How about one point six billion dollars? We bought one point six billion dollars of face mask. You know the ones that he's sending out all across the nation. Everybody gets them. Those N95 face masks. $1.6 billion. And guess where they came from? China. <laughs> you can't make this up, folks. Another day of insanity, but it's another day of clawing through the mud and getting facts. Thank you for being here today. Love sharing our days with you. We do this every Monday through Friday. 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Central. Have a great one. We'll see you tomorrow at TNN Live. They paid paradise and put up a parking lot With a pink hotel, a boutique, and a swinging hot spot Don't it always seem to go That you don't know what you got till it's gone They paid paradise and put up a parking lot Took all the trees and put them in a tree museum And charged the people a dollar and a half to see them No, 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 don't it always seem to go That you don't know what you got till it's gone You'd be in paradise and put up a fucking lie Paradise, put up a fucking lie. And now they pay paradise to put up a fucking lie. One night. It took my girl away Now don't it always seem to go That you don't know what you got Till it's gone be in paradise Put up a fucking lie And now, now Don't it always seem to go That you don't know what you got Till it's gone be in paradise Put up a fucking lie Why not they pay paradise to put up a parking lot